Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So, my co-host of NFT Lime, Andre Millwood, posted an interesting question that I thought would make a great episode. He simply asked, if you received $10 million today, what would you do with it? So, I thought it'd be very interesting to really discuss where I would put all of it. And I think my answers may shock you, especially how much I would put in ETH. So, first of all, I want to say that I want to assume that the question he initially asked, the $10 million, was in Jamaican dollars, which really isn't much. However, for the sake of this podcast and this discussion, I'm going to do it in $10 million U.S. The percentages would actually stay the same, but just for the sake of argument, I'm going to use it as U.S. because I think it would be a lot more interesting. But basically, for me, the percent really doesn't change. So the first thing I put down might be controversial to some. However, it's just automatic to me. I put 1.5 would go towards church. Now, that's just 15%. It's a formula that I use. You know, it's neither here nor there. It's just what I personally use as far as when I'm doing charity and things of that nature. That is just a set thing I do. And I just work off of that. So that was easy to do right off the top. So then it goes to 3 million that I would put into a savings account for taxes because regardless of how this $10 million is coming in, one thing is certain. The government wants their cut. So I did not assume that this was the gross or this was pre-tax or whatever. I just assume if I had $10 million show up in my account today, well, what would I have to do with it? And I know Uncle Sam or whatever country you're in, they want their money. So I would put a third of that away into a savings account, lock it in. It does not matter if I receive this $10 million via ETH or Bitcoin or whatever it is. I want to make sure in whichever country that I am and I'm going to pay those taxes that is going to be in that denomination locked away for tax day. Now, you might be wondering, why would I do that? Why would I not try to ride the wave up and down, especially now that crypto is low, assuming that I got it, let's say, in ETH? Well, the reason why I would not do that simply because they're going to tax me on that value, the $10 million value. So let's just say that crypto gets cut in half by the time tax day rolls around. That means basically I'm going to have to pay double in order to cover that whatever tax bill it was. And in this case, I said $10 million, assuming it was three. So 30% would go to them. So if crypto gets cut in half, I'm basically going to have to pay $6 million out of that once you do the math, because obviously that value is falling. So regardless, however I get that currency, I want to make sure it is set aside 30% in whatever denomination that I'm going to be paying my taxes. And if I get a break, awesome. If I have to pay a little bit more, well, I can work that out later, but 30% is just the number that I want to work with. And as far as being an independent contractor, a self-employed person, someone who is even selling NFTs and really making a profit and a killing, well, what you need to do is really know that the government does consider that to be taxable income in most countries. Some countries definitely have No capital gains taxes, for example, Jamaica. However, as a U.S. citizen, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, there is something called a worldwide taxation or worldwide income that they want to basically tax you on. So you can't go off to Malta or some of these countries that have some sort of uh, loophole in their tax code to try to short them as a crypto investor. The one country that I know for sure that you can get away with, and it is a U.S. territory, is Puerto Rico. There is this thing which basically allows you to just pay a 4% corporate tax as long as you spend more than half of your days 
on the island of Puerto Rico. And that is just to stimulate business activity and what have you. However, they still want their taxes. So don't worry about that. You know that Uncle Sam wants his cut. Now, as far as anyone trying to hide their crypto and all that stuff, just know that I personally think that your freedom is worth way more than whatever the government wants to take from you. As far as funds go, not talking about freedom or anything, I'm just talking about simply money. And as much as it sucks, whatever, 30% off to the side. Now, going to the fun stuff. I'd put 3.5 into real estate. Now, when I did this for Jamaica, as far as the $10 million being Jamaican dollars, I said land, meaning just raw, undeveloped land. That's where I'd put it. However, if it is 3.5 million US dollars, well, I would definitely put some into land, but I would also want things to be in income generating properties such as duplexes, apartment complexes, or maybe even commercial real estate. But most likely I would want to in some duplexes and apartment buildings and things of that nature. That's going to give me a positive ROI, return on investment, give me a little cash flow. So in theory, over time, all of this stuff should be growing. And then there's just some great tax benefits that an accountant can even use to write off all of these different things. Hopefully, I would pay a lot less than that 30% that I have calculated and budgeted out by the time I buy some real estate and depreciate this and write off all these different things. That's where a CPA, an accountant, really comes in handy. Let him or her go to work and just really reduce that bill as much as possible legally. And of course, their license and everything is on the line. And if anyone's going to go to prison as the accountant, it's not going to be me. And that's what I would do. Definitely do not cut corners on doctors, lawyers, and accountants. Great ones will always be worth their weight in gold. And that's what I always say. So as far as that 3.5, 35%, I would put it in land, whether it is straight land, as I said, with Jamaican dollars, if I was down there, because just trying to maximize that budget, or if it's in US dollars, then I would definitely diversify it, put it all over the place. So right now I'm already up to $8 million and I haven't even touched crypto yet. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Well, this is where it's gonna go into now. The last 20% I'm going to throw into crypto. First, I would put 1 million into Bitcoin, the stable OG, nothing too sexy there. However, right now where it is at, you know, sub $20,000 when I'm recording this, I truly believe that's undervalued. So over time, I think as more people discover crypto and of course, as more people put their eyes and attention onto Bitcoin being the gold standard as far as this whole crypto world, the digital gold, if you will. And a lot of people that, you know, the maxis will, I will say you have not realized any kind of profits in ETH with NFTs or soul or anything until you convert it out into Bitcoin. Well, there is a reason why they say that is because it is the most stable. It is the most battle tested and true cryptocurrency to hold value over time. Everything else has come and gone. However, Bitcoin from day one has been that model. Of course, it was the first cryptocurrency that was launched, the first blockchain with success. And this is what we're going to do. So I would put that 1 million into Bitcoin and just really park it there. It's not too sexy. It's not going to 1000x in a short period of time like it did if you got in on day one. However, I still think it is a great value and that's where I'd put that. And the last million, now this is where I would put it. I would put it into ETH NFTs, not just ETH coins or the token. I wanted to put it into NFTs. Now, why would I put it into NFTs and not Ethereum, the token itself? Well, with Ether, the token, I should say, not Ethereum. Ethereum is the blockchain, but with Ether, 
there is a massive amount of supply and I can't necessarily control or monitor how that's going to go. It's really up to the big institutional money, the big funds and all of that, and a lot of manipulation of what could happen as far as the value of it that are completely out of my hands. However, with an NFT project, let's just say it is a 10,000 project. Well, I just know that I can have an influence as far as the direction of it. I could be speaking to the founders, taking polls and interacting with the community, or in the case of I could be coming up with ideas as an holder that would add value to that project, get more eyes on it. And it is much easier to help out and facilitate value being added to that than I can necessarily see on a large scale with a basically commodity, as some of these regulatory bodies might say with Ethereum, that I can't really control or influence it as that much as being a you know small person. $1 million sounds like a lot of money, but on the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about billions of dollars being poured into Ethereum, $1 million really is a drop in the bucket. So I would put it into NFTs. Now, the one thing I would say is NFTs are way more riskier than the token. The reason being is the higher the risk, the higher the reward. And I think there is a lot more reward on a short-term basis than necessarily with the token itself. And that's why I would literally put it all in there. And I would pick great projects that are high in volume. So in particular, something like the Bored Apes, the Mutant Apes, Lazy Lions, Doodles, like projects like that, the quote unquote blue chips that have a lot of activity. And I know that basically I can pick off the floor and maybe list it for five, 10, 15, 20% above that and just keep riding the cycles as it goes down. I'll sweep the floor and put it in there. And I would literally turn this into a profit puppy based on that million dollars that I initially put in. And that sounds like it is completely speculation. However, it is not. The reason why I would do this strategy with that $1 million, just that 10%, is because I truly believe that you can watch this stuff and do it by data. And and once you have the numbers, you have the statistics, you have that plan that you can stick to and just know that, okay, I'm going to sweep off the floor when there is a 20% drop, and then I'm going to list it for 10% above that, and then wait again for another 20% drop, and I'm going to list it 10% above that. You know, that just basically is a strategy that you can stick to regardless of whatever it is. And I'm just using those numbers, 10%, 20%, as I'm just throwing them out there. I'm not using any specific project or any specific uh, metric right now, because at the end of the day, whichever project that I'd be doing this in, it would all be dependent on how that project is moving. So in order to do this, I would not be watching, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 different projects and trying to track all that. No, I would pick a handful of ones that I truly believe in the leadership team. I truly believe in the project, what they're doing, what they're trying to build out, that they're not just a fly-by-night operation going to disappear now that they have money or whatever it is, that they have a plan, a vision, they have partnerships and things like that. It's a real business, a legitimate business. And what I would do is watch how it trades, how the activity is going, when news breaks, what happens. So I would get an idea of what sort of price range is the current floor for where it is right now. So I can look at the market and say, okay, great. This thing is listed right now for 20% below where I think it should be. And there's only two or three there. So if I pick up those three, basically now that floor can go up. And that's how I would look at this. This sounds like complete speculation. I know really not something I talk about a whole lot. However, if you have the data to back it, you have the activity, you have the business model, you have the team that is no different than investing into stocks and, and buying into a particular company and trading on it. There's day traders, which I wouldn't really recommend being a day trader. I'm not you know, about that life, way too stressful. 
But as far as this being a swing trader is basically that swing might take a day, that swing might take a week, that swing might take a month. But as long as I'm keeping an eye on the project and knowing that, okay, the price that I have it listed for right now is still within the reasonable range of where it is trading, that is why I'd put it up there for that whatever percentages, whatever strategy I stick to. So you might be wondering, well, why wouldn't I put it into Seoul? Why wouldn't I put it into other things? Because I love to say that I like other blockchains. I like to be all over the place. Well, the reason why I would put it in ETH in particular is because ETH really has the most value as far as uh, dollars and tradability and earning power as far as what is going on. Now, some of these solo projects, total degen plays where you could put $1,000 in and you know it could turn to a million or it could turn to zero just overnight. And that's what I'm trying to run away from. And yeah, there are blue chips on every single blockchain. So I'm not going to negate that, but I'm talking about the dollar value of the average blue chip on ETH is much higher than the dollar value on Sol or Wax or Flow or any other blockchain. So what I would do is put it there, really try to figure out exactly what's going on with those handful of projects, watch those like a hawk. And since that is only 10% of this total amount, you know, 1 million I'm putting into that, I could be very risky with it. Not to mention that I'm fairly young, not as young as I once was, but at in my mid thirties, I have a lot of time to build this into something. But at the same time, I'm not being completely reckless and putting all $10 million into this, not worrying about taxes, knowing that there is no stability, there's so much volatility, there's so much risk. And that $10 million, if I put it all into ETH NFTs, as much as I'm convinced that that is the way to go, especially if you listen to my all in episode a couple of days ago when I was speaking about how I'm all in on the space and I absolutely am burning the boats and going forward with NFTs and Web3 and everything of that nature, that is still the truth. That is how I feel about it. But at the same time too, these other things, diversification, right? These other things are not necessarily going to go out of style. For example, land. People always need places to live. They always need places to grow their food and so forth. So that is why I'd like to put some savings there. And Bitcoin, I look at Bitcoin as a great place as retirement, right? So retirement, just park that Bitcoin over there. Don't look at it. Maybe 20, 30 years. That is like my pension fund that then at that point, it'll be worth a lot more than it is today. So that's why I would just park that 10% over there and just like not even look at it for a while, right? I don't care if it goes up and down, up and down, goes to 20% one day or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm looking at that in the long run and decades. But ETH is where my active money is. All the other ones are a little bit more passive or just parked for the taxes or whatever it might be, donations. But as far as ETH, that's my active money that be basically be like my day job. And as I said, I'm not a trader. I'm not going to be there flipping things every single day and what have you. But swing trading in my opinion, is the balance between the person who is buying and holding forever, like the Warren Buffett strategy, and the person who is literally flipping and selling within 20 minutes. I mean, that is way more stressful to me. And really more so like gambling because you just never know what is going to happen, what kind of news is going to break if the CEO is just going to uh, get into a Twitter fight with uh, somebody in the media or whatever it might be and it's going to tank that within, you know, minutes. Like you just never know what's going to happen on the short term. But on the long term or on the swing trade, you're sort of zooming out and is getting the balance between the two. And that's why I kind of like that one. And anytime I do these simulations and models and everything, it is usually based on swing trading and that is where I find the value. So I would love to know, what do you think about this? 
And of course, I didn't mention things like, say, uh, paying off a couple credit cards, buying an appliance that's well needed, a little repair here and there. No, like I'm just strictly looking at this as straight investment. $10 million, where am I going to put it? And I'm going to break it down into those five categories, and that's how I divvy them up. So love to hear your thoughts on that. What do you think of that strategy? Do you think it is the best? Do you think it is the worst? Where would you make some adjustments? How would you spend that $10 million? I'm going to leave a link to my tweet about that, and hopefully you can engage and interact with that. Let me know what your thoughts are. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're building, as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.